Well, it is an honor to be able to be the preacher for Bob Ayer's ordination to the priesthood. It is my privilege to have now known Bob for about five or six years since he started sneaking in the back door of our parish. This guy from Louisville who claimed to have roots in Gainesville. And uh, if you've been a rector or pastor of a church for any length of time, you know to be a little skeptical when people come in and they say, oh yeah, I'm, uh, I'm from here and there and I'm this and that and, and uh, I'll see you in a few months, which is what Bob would say. And then he'd leak off again and I wouldn't hear from him for months. And all of a sudden here he'd come again. Hey, Bob Ayers here from Louisville. And uh, over the course of a couple of years, I began to get to know him, began to get to know Kathy, which helped his credibility quite a lot. <laughs> She's much more trustworthy, you know, you beat her and you go, this lady's a straight shooter. And, uh, and God began to create a friendship between Bob and myself. And I began to see um, Bob for who he was in Christ. Found out we had some common roots in the Baptist church and, and that Bob himself had roots in this community, in this community of Gainesville. A native son returned from the wilds of Kentucky <laughs> to, uh, to harvest in his fields. And then I began to hear a little bit about Bob's ministry within the deaf community. And began to learn, not just by Bob's own witness, but of others' witness, that in fact he is an apostolic father in the deaf community, in the deaf church. And that he is one who has been involved with raising up uh, this national ministry through Youth for Christ, Dean, a deaf teen quest. Uh, and I began to hear about the work of ministry. It seemed right to me and to the Holy Spirit and then to the bishop that uh, if one of, one of these apostolic leaders wanted to begin to do work among us, it seemed right to continue to bless and to nurture the relationship and to hear more about what the Lord was doing in Bob's life. And so it's a privilege to be here with you, Bob, today and to, and to be a witness to what you're doing. And and Bob would be, want to be quick to say this. This is, this is much more than about him. Uh, if our ordination is about us, we should run out the back door. Because ministry will chew us up and the enemy will tear us up. This is not about Bob. This is about God's ministry and God's church. What the Lord wants to do among us at Servants of Christ, among the city of Gainesville, and to the, to the, to the deaf diaspora, to the deaf uh, community around the country. Um, Bob has taught me so much about the deaf community. And that at one point there was a connection between Anglican worship and, and the deaf community. And we want to see that happen again. We want to see God raise up deaf men and women to be clergy, priests, deacons, perhaps even one day a bishop. And 
mighty men and women, lay women and men of God in the church of Jesus Christ. So that's why we're here. So it's sort of like the first day of a professor in class. If that's not the class you signed up for, you need to go ahead and leave because that's what we're here for. So as I began to think a little bit about the, the words of Luke 10 that were, that were chosen for the gospel reading, there were four pairs of words that jumped off the page at me that I felt spoke to Bob and spoke to us as the church of Jesus Christ. And so I want to rehearse those a little bit. So if you've got that bulletin, you might want to follow along. Otherwise, listen closely. I want to remind you of, of a couple of things that were said there. Four pairs of words that I'll go through quickly that, will, that, that I believe are informative. Now, you need to know that Jesus is, this is, if you will, ministry school for these 72. Uh, these are not just the 12, not just the apostles, but this is a, a larger group that Jesus is sending out. And this is his way of reminding us that he's not just speaking to the apostles, but he is speaking through the apostles to us, even through these 72 or the 140 later on. Uh, or to the, those in the day of Pentecost, he is saying, this is the ministry that you have inherited and that you're going to carry forward. So this is ministry school for the 72. And so, Bob, for us, it is also informative. The first pair of words is, is actually the same word spoken twice, two by two, two by two. Bob, I want to remind you, that ministry is not a solo sport. Now, you know that. You understand team building. As a matter of fact, you're really good at building teams, which is what you do on our staff. But I want to remind you, as you take the, the commitment, the covenant, the vows of, to be a priest in God's holy apostolic church, that it remains a ministry that is meant to be shared. The bishop alluded to it before we began the service. It is so easy to feel the weight of the priesthood and to think that you have to do it on your own. And as now, now approaching my 20th year of being a priest, I can tell you that it has been a long time learning that lesson. And I hope that you'll be quicker to it to remember that it is a shared ministry. Humble collaboration is what's required. Now, you've been given a helpmate in Kathy. Not only is she going to vouch for you, but she's also your helpmate. And just as Jody is my partner in ministry, I know Kathy is going to be a partner for you in your ordained ministry in the priesthood. Lean on her. But lean on others as well. Leslie Newbegin, the South Indian bishop of the church that I'm oft to quote, said, what we don't need is superstars and all-star priests and preachers and congregations. What we need is thousands of faithful followers. You're called to be one of those thousand faithful, serving the Lord mightily. He sends them out two by two. He doesn't send them out alone. Always have somebody with you. That's the first thing I would remind you of. Secondly, I would remind you, going down a little further, of when Jesus gives the vision of the, the harvest that is ready to be harvested. Right? He, he, he looks out and says, 
The harvest is ready to be harvested. You already sense in your mind this, this, this movement of God, this harvest that he wants to do among the deaf community, to raise up a deaf church within, that's within uh, collaboration with the Anglican church. You can see it. You, you have vision. And that's amazing. But notice that the first thing Jesus does after he reveals to the, 20, to the 72 the vision, the first thing he does is tells them to go and pray. We're men of action. We want to get on with it. We want to meet with people after the service, form groups and get Zoom calls together because that's what you do. And that's all great. But notice that Jesus first calls them to pray. And so he calls us to pray. To pray the scriptures. To pray for his guidance. To pray that his Holy Spirit would empower us. Now I spared no expense in preparing for this sermon. I consulted with Charles Spurgeon, John Stott, Michael Green, D.A. Carson. Do I need to go on? I, I spent a lot of money getting these, these, these amazing men of God to, give, to, to inform me how to speak to you. You know what they all said? They all said, if you think you can do it, brother, you can't. It's got to be the Holy Spirit working in us. And our willingness to stop from our activity and to kneel daily and to ask God's mercy and grace upon our ministry that we might be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray first. I am so glad you took the bishop up and went on that retreat and spent time seeking the Lord. Do that in your ministry. Don't let the demands of the priesthood pull you away from your prayer station. For it is the key to God's power and guidance in your life and ministry. Then he says, go. And I think that's the part that you're ready to do. But pray and then go, right? Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers and then go. But pray first. Thirdly, I would, I would remind you of, of two other pairs of words that jump off the page for me in this passage. They are the dangers and the provision. Now notice that Jesus is very clear. I am sending you out, he says, as lambs in the midst of wolves. That's pretty graphic. That makes it really clear that there are um, there's some dangers of ministry. And I'm not going to pull a punch here. You know that when you, you become a priest in God's holy apostolic church, there's a target on your back. Because if, if the enemy can get at the under-shepherd, then he can scatter the flock. And we painfully know what happens, the damage that occurs when we're attacked as priests. Which is why you start with prayer. The dangers are true, true there. But I want to also remind you of what Paul says to the church at Ephesus. One of the scriptures that was not included in our scriptures today, but one of the ones that is most meaningful to me in terms of understanding my, my priestly calling is, is from Acts chapter 20. Paul is returning back to, he's on his way back to Jerusalem where he'll be imprisoned and eventually killed. Paul meets with the church leaders and these are the words he says from Acts 20, 
Therefore, I testify to you that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I have not shrinked from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Be careful, Paul goes on to say, pay careful attention to yourselves and to the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. To care for the church of God, which he obtained by his own blood. Never forget how precious are the saints in the eyes of the Lord. And he's entrusted them to you. You're the under shepherd. You're the one who's been in charge and cared for them. Now listen to what he says last. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, Paul says, be alert. The danger is real. But the provision is also equally real. Notice that Jesus goes on having said that the dangers are real, that he's sending us out as lamb among wolves. Notice that he goes on to talk about his rich provision. This is why he says not to carry a money belt and not to carry an extra tunic and all these things because he's emphasizing for those in the ministry school that he is going to provide all the things that we need. Expect him to provide what you need. Don't be anxious, as Philippians said, but expect that in all things he will provide for you. He'll make his provision known to you. And I love the fact that Jesus goes on to talk about not just the the material things, but the people that he will provide. You see, one of the joys of becoming a priest of the church is to realize that God, there are some very special people that God doesn't make ordained persons who are men and women of peace, who are godly lay leaders, who will come aside you and they'll strengthen you. Don't keep them pushed away. Welcome them as God's provision. Work with them. See them as his provision. Now I love the fact that Jesus goes on, he he, he talks about all the provision but then he makes it clear that, that we are we're given what we need and he provides for us and the, wage, the laborer is worth his wages and whatnot. But, but Jesus goes on to say, but you don't deserve everything. One of the stumbling blocks is to be lifted up into ordained leadership is that people want to do things for you. And Jesus says, when you go to this person of peace's home, stay with them and receive what they give you. Don't run from house to house, getting everything you can. Many times you'll have to turn back and say, you know what, my needs, Kathy's needs are met. What we want you really to do is to love and minister to each other. But if you let them, your people will will pour all their attention and affection on you. I think that's the reason why Jesus says, don't be intoxicated by that. Don't be filled up. You're, You're worth your wages, but you're not worth everything. Keep humble about it. Stay in one place. Now, this is just, you guys, stay in one place. (laughs) Don't be running off, okay? 
I think that's a word from the Lord right there. <laughs> As the Lord leads. Lastly, and then I'll be done. The last two word pairs. One, you have to kind of work at. The, the first part is easy, heal. Jesus says, heal, right? That's it says right at the end of the verses there. Heal the sick. And then the second part, which I think is implied, is to proclaim. Through whatever language he chooses to use you, proclaim. Heal and proclaim. We are to be healers. We're to be those who are quick to pray for the spiritual healing, the emotional healing, the, the, the physical healing of those who are entrusted to us. And, and be ready to do that. And one of the most powerful things you can do as a priest in the church is to pray for your people. I want to also say that one of the ways that we heal is by doing no harm. Unfortunately, many leaders, not many, some leaders are raised up who bring pain upon the people of God. And so virtually just by being yourself, by being one who is uh, whole, seeking holiness, someone who's walking with integrity, someone who's caring for their own soul and not seeking your emotional needs from your people, you will be emotionally and spiritually healthy to where you'll do no harm. And that is an important way you'll heal as a priest. But don't just heal. Heal and proclaim. Speak the gospel in season and out of season, Paul says. Whenever you get the opportunity, remember that Paul says, I preached among you Christ and him crucified. The gospel is foolishness to those who are being lost, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Proclaim the gospel wherever you can. That is your primary task. That's why Jesus refuses to stay in Capernaum. Remember, Jesus is in Capernaum and, and the disciples come and say, Jesus, they're looking for you. They've got more healing services to, 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 you know. And what does Jesus say? I have to go to the next city because for this reason I've come. You need to make sure that you proclaim in word and deed that the kingdom has come near to people and that Jesus the King is making a gracious offer to reconcile sinners. God bless you in your ministry. Thank you for being willing to serve his church. Thank you not only for wanting to be a priest in his church, but to be one who would raise up, who'd be committed to raising up many others to serve in the church. That is what we need in this day and time. Bob, I don't believe that any church can make a priest. I believe that God calls us and he equips us to be a priest and then the church confirms that calling. And I want to say to you, as your friend, as your rector, as your brother priest, that God has made you a priest in his one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Now simply walk in his calling. 
in humility, seeking holiness. You're there. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.